Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hi, and welcome to Housewives of True Crime. Welcome. Welcome. I am Tabitha. Give me Dateline, White Wine, and I'll pick up your kids in the carpool line. The next day, right? Yeah, the next day. Okay. And I am Gretchen. I like White Wine, True Crime, and In Bed by Nine because I have a lot of stuff to do in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) We are Housewives of True Crime. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Welcome. I do look good. Sorry. Hi. You do look good. <laughs> Gretchy got a new camera, people. Welcome, Housewives of True Crime Monday mm-hmm. edition. Monday. I should have come How's my hair, it? though. How? Good. Oh. Fe- looking good. Feeling good. Liking myself in the new lens. Yes. Also, and you did uh, your makeup. It's good. Oh, you know, I just, I put on the dark lipstick. You know, I don't usually oh, do that. Oh, looks good on you. Yeah. Little color. But, you know, I just, I, I don't, something came over me. I'll tell you what. I, I know uh, what. I ordered some sunglasses. Are you going to do a that's what she said thing? <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> I was okay. going to say it's because on Patreon we were talking about emos. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I thought that got in your head. You want to take it no. dark. Take it dark. Yeah. Feeling very dark. No, I ordered some sunglasses because I uh, lost mine and I found them actually, but I order my sunglasses usually from the Nordstrom's rack because that's where you get the best deals, right? You know, and I just wanted a plain pair of like tortoise shell, you know, everyday sunglasses, whatever. Yeah. And that's what I thought these were. And then this is what I got. Don't they make cool. me look smart? <laughs> I, I didn't realize the like, like um, gradient made you look like sophisticated. Oh, That's how right. I feel when I yeah. put them on. So then I'm like, maybe I'm going to put the dark lipstick on too and double down. On when I get my eyelid surgery, everybody's going to know because I'm going to be wearing sunglasses like that when I do the podcast. So if you watch on I YouTube, can mail these to be... you. You can. You can. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Because I don't, you know, I don't get that sophisticated every day. I will tell you, I get my sunglasses from Quay uh, mm. on there. Those are buy those one, are good. Get one free. Yeah, that's when I do it. Um, and every yeah. once in a while, they'll have that deal, and they're good because they're like not crazy expensive. But once yeah. you get the like deal, then it's like a very good deal. So, oh yeah, uh, and they're cute. So I like, and you those. need, I am the kind of girl that needs like, I need 20 sunglasses Couple because pairs. I need one in every purse. Yeah. So they need to be inexpensive because I'd be losing them all the time. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So we just got a message 
from one of our Mm -hmm. listeners, Ashley Kelly, and Mm -hmm. she wanted to tell us that she knows about the bridge. Okay. So you guys remember on last week's episode, I told you I was taking Kyla on the ghost tour Mm -hmm. and we talked all about it on Patreon. So if you are interested, just either go to patreon.com forward slash housewives of true crime, or you can join the clink clink club on Apple and you can hear all about the ghost tour. But anyways, she knew all about the bridge that I took Kyla to. It's called Goatman's Bridge. It might be called something else, but that's what it's known for, for the goat man. And, um, she has all this folklore about it. And she knew she went there as a kid growing up in high school, her friend actually jumped off the bridge and broke both of his ankles like an idiot. That doesn't sound smart. (laughs) It's obviously not. It's not. The water is super shallow. I'm sure. So yeah, not smart. Don't do that. Fires beware. Okay. But yeah, so my ghost, my, if you want to know more about it, it was really good. But oh, I said, I, I'm really sorry. Her name is Allison Kelly. And I said, Ashley, and I'm really, really, really sorry. Yeah, you're the worst. Because you also know her because we met her at the Ritz Carlton. And she bought oh. us the tequila. Oh my God. Of course. Remember? What's up, Allison? Yeah. I hope to run into you at the Ritz Carlton again. That would be fun. Cool. Uh, yeah, if we ever go to the Ritz Carlton yeah, or anywhere <laughs> or anywhere, <laughs> I know. And she's a great supporter. She bought some of our merch, and we do have that God live. If you guys are still interested and you need a Christmas present, go to housewivestruecrime.com and go to our merch section. Enough business. What's going on? Enough with you? business. Well, I did want to tell you did you notice um, back to my appearance? I'm feeling really into myself today. Did you notice my eyebrows? Yeah. Oh, wait. Did you do them yourself or not? No, I got, I went to a place. And you got I went them to a done. place. I got them done and tinted. And oh. I think I look normal now. So it's okay. Oh, yeah. But First, it's I, like it's a it's, couple of days. Yeah. Uh huh. And my daughter Ruby felt the need to tell everyone that like, doesn't my mom look like Bigfoot? Like the first time she said it, it was funny, you know? Yeah. And then I laughed. So then she kept telling everyone like, look at my mom. She looks like Bigfoot. She's got something going on with her eyebrows. (laughs) Oh no. But I think they're, I think they're normal now. So I'm really, on um, camera. I'm into it. It looks better anyways. You know, that's why these girls, when you see them and they have like all this makeup on and then you see their Instagram, they look real good. Because it's like the bigger, the better on Instagram or whatever, TikTok. Well, I guess so, right? But, you know, I asked this bitch that did my eyebrows because hers were perfect. Okay. I said, well, what do you have going on? And she's like, oh, I just pencil them in. Oh, I'm like, what the hell? (laughs) Well, why don't you just give me a pencil lesson? Okay. Yeah, right. Mine Although I probably, I probably can never do it. It's like trying to do the cat eyes or something. You why, know? why did you I'm have her? I'm never going to be that girl oh, to do I'm it. I'm too old to be that girl. But because you did it and you looked weird. And I, I me? got side texts from people saying, yeah, tab looks weird. Yeah. When? So I don't want to do that. When you got yours, when? yours laminated. Oh, well, I got, I got messages from all you lovely people out there and they liked it. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Okay. Yeah. Well, they look great now. 
at the moment. I mean, yeah, the people that are side texting you are from like, like the 1999 night brows, which is what I got going on now. Oh, a little over tweezed, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, got to get with the times. All right. Are we ready to, um, we are ready. I do just want to do one wait, thing. Yes, uh, one of the listeners that has been like one of our favorite OG long time yes. OG listeners. Okay. She Audrey. is going she, Audrey, Audrey Elizabeth. Okay. I mean, she used to have a friend. We we don't need to talk about him anymore, but he was he was fun too. Okay. Remember he did that video? He did, yes. But I think she's had a couple friends since him. Whatever. Okay. You know, girl after our own heart. She's you know, by love, the way, love she's him a and disco leave biscuit. Him. She totally disco is. Biscuit. She loves we're Facebook friends and friends in my head. She loves kids and animals. That's basically mm-hmm. what I need in a friend the most. And she's going through it. Girlfriend had brain surgery. So we, uh, you know, we're, we're rooting for you and hope yes. you get better, you know, healing, all safe of, healing and all of it. Like totally soon. Love you too much. All of it. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. All, all of our thoughts and prayers go out to you, Audrey. Okay. okay. Now let's talk about what we're going to talk about today. Okay. All right. This week's episode comes out of Bakersfield, California. What? This case. Yeah. You know, Bakersfield. I do. This case has been garnering a lot of attention because there is a long form podcast that just launched called Bakersfield three. It's hosted by a reporter named Olivia Levice. It's 15 episodes. It goes over a lot and lot, a lot of detail. So if you, after today, need to know more, then pop over there and take a listen. You'll get a lot of, you'll get in the nitty gritty. Okay. Okay. I will be wrapping this tangled case up or cases, should I say, in less than an hour. So let's just get back to Bakersfield the place that we've okay. all been if you live in California and travel to North. Because it's kind California. of in the middle. You it's can't middle. you can't avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> you really can't. Some people call it the armpit of California. Yes. For probably more ways than one. But I it's a good place. Field is on the come up, dude. I think it's affordable living. It's close to several lakes. I think it's probably actually not the worst place to live. I would agree with you. I would say I it was Fresno. in the It was in the come up for a while, but then, um, it had like in the two thousands, lots of people went and bought houses there, right? Because it was super cheap Mm -hmm. in the early two thousands. What I'm saying, it was super cheap. And it was when the time, that time where you could buy a house without any down payment. Mm -hmm. So you could get a brand new house in Bakersfield, have no down payment and a pretty small payment payment, you know, like house payment, but then you would need to refi and 10 years, all that bullshit. So a bunch Mm -hmm. of people foreclosed after that in Bakersfield, Mm -hmm. the population did increase like a lot in 2000. I think it was 245,000 people there. Now there's over 400,000 people there. So damn, that's big. It's big. It's really big. It's crazy big. That's one stinky pit. (laughs) (laughs) 
And when we talk about these people, you're going to think it's even stinkier. I'll just tell you. Oh, boy. So Bakersfield, like any city, has like its really nice parts. It's got some of it hard parts and it's got some really low parts. It's a working class town. Lots of agricultural people live in Bakersfield. The climate is hot. It's really hot, hot, hot in the summer. So that's enough about Bakersfield. Now you guys kind of get an idea if you have never been there. It's also, let me just tell you, it is in California, but I think the closest ocean is, it's got to be like Pismo Beach and that's five hours away, maybe four, something oh. like that. Don't yeah, because it's in a weird spot. Yeah. Yeah, it's in a weird spot. Okay. Isn't it more like the five and the 90? Yes. Well, that's like Fresno, yes. but yeah, it's right. It's mm. somewhere around there. Okay. okay. So not long ago in 2018, to be exact, there was a group of, I would say friends, but think of them more like a group of people that hung out together. They all had similar interests and those interests were guns and drugs. This was a tough crowd, a crowd similar to ones that we are actually really familiar with in Ventura, Gretchen, the ones that we both wanted to stay away from. Mm Mm-hmm. This type of crowd, for some reason, does lure people in. Like we also saw, like there is something about this like tough guy persona that girls like. And there's also something about this tough guy. Yeah, right. I mean, everybody, Mm -hmm. not everybody, but listen, there's a lot of girls, myself included, when I was really young, that thought that tough guy was the guy that I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. I quickly got my head on straight, but smart guys, that's where it's at. Yes. hundred percent. But the, yeah, that tough guy persona also lures dudes in too. Like they want to aspire to be this, which Mm -hmm. is bananas to me. But in this group of friends within a month, two of them would go missing and one would be murdered. And at the time, none tied to one another. But you are probably thinking like many and mostly the mothers of these three people, something wasn't adding up. You got three cases with three people that knew each other in a month happening. So they were thinking someone knows what, who, why, but no one was talking. So let's talk about who these three people that went missing and murdered are. Let's start with James Coolstad. James was a 38-year-old surfer, skateboarder, free-spirited man. He grew up in Bakersfield. Then he moved to San Diego, which honestly fit his vibe better. He looks a part of like a San Diego guy, you know? Mm-hmm. They have his look, those surfer types. And he had that look. He loved surfing, skateboarding, and gambling. He loved gambling so much so that... He had a nickname of Joe Vegas, which is funny. So that's what we call my uncle sometimes. Well, it is, um, you know, I mean, it was probably, when did this happen? 2018. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, remember, I mean, what happened to Joe Mama? That used to be like a Joe thing. Mama. <laughs> like a, Joe Mama. Joe that Mama. That was like the punchline to every, to <laughs> yeah. every joke. Yeah. True. No. He was at, living in San Diego after high school and into his his thirties. Okay. So like you and I probably ran into this guy at probably some point. Moose I, I spent a lot of time in San Diego. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. He seems like the guy, one of the guys that we would hang out with. He was handsome. He had these huge blue eyes. He had his life together. He was, had this entrepreneur heart. He was like always thinking about new ideas. He actually got one of his ideas patented, which dude, it's not easy to do. He had this idea of putting special wheels or some sort of wheel on the skateboard that made made it spark like extra when you were like doing rails, oh, which shoot. super cool. He also created a bib that would catch food after his daughter was born. So he had a kid, by the way, really young, like I think when he was about 20 with a fiance and this little baby's mama would actually die in a car accident. I think when she was just like 16 months old. Ah. So leaving James as a single dad and the daughter was raised by the grandparents, but really had a close relationship with James. James would eventually move back to Bakersfield after he got in a car accident in San Diego. James was in bad shape from this car accident and the doctor prescribed him some pain pills. James's mom thinks that this is the beginning of the end for James. From pills, James went to harder drugs and eventually doing heroin. And mm, that's usually how it like goes. we talked about recently, life kind of spirals out of control when you get in heroin. We were kind of talking about if you could, um, remember we were talking about if you could like dabble in it and like still keep it together. Yeah, but sadly, James, that James is a story it. we've heard before from people from oh. like our hometown, uh, like a million totally. times. Mm -hmm. Yes. Starts with yes. a prescription, evolves once heroin's in it, it's over. Yeah. Yeah. So if they make it that one far. Right. Yeah. So this one time hardworking entrepreneur couldn't hold a job lost his apartment. And from there, he moved back to Bakersfield where his brother Ryan lived. Ryan also was not on the straight and narrow at the time. He, which I don't think helped James at all, right? With his issues in Bakersfield, Ryan ran with this really tough crowd. And I can imagine introducing James to his new group of homies. Didn't do James any good. Uh, James really just turned into a different person, which drugs will do it to you. On a night in April, 2018, James would head to this guy's house. That was a known drug dealer, gunslinger, and possibly other things as well as a chiropractor. Okay. I don't know how all that goes together, but this chiropractor was not a good dude. When James crack and cracking, cracking in more ways than one. When James left this so-called chiropractor's home, a silver sedan pulled up next to James's car and began to shoot. James's brother just happened to be a street over and heard gunshots and drove straight over to the chiropractor's house. When he got there, he saw his brother stumbling out of the car and he eventually collapsed in his brother's arms and succumbed to his bullet wounds. But no one knew what happened. Housewives of true crime listeners, y'all know I love finding ways to impress my kids with knowledge. And speaking Spanish always does the trick. And living in Southern California, it's so useful. 
Now let me tell you, believe it or not, it's actually been a minute since I was in high school. And so enter Rosetta Stone with its convenient audio options. It's all just coming back to me. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. It's an amazing value. You get a lifetime membership that has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started for a very limited of time. Housewives of True Crime listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. Clink, clink. Attention Housewives of True Crime listeners, are you ready to bring a touch of mystery and allure to your home? Enter Home Threads, where true crime meets luxurious living. Imagine your space with furniture that captures the essence of your favorite crime drama. From exclusive designer collections to cozy essential, Home Threads has everything you need to create a home that's as intriguing as the stories you love. And always the best value. If you're like me, when you're watching the latest episode of True Detective with Jodie Foster, you are all cozy in your boho chic living room courtesy of all the reclaimed wood and earth tone accessories from Home Threads. Tab has a real edgy bitch glam vibe going on with dark drama contrasted with modern gold accents like the cool mirror she found at Home Threads. Whatever you're feeling, they've got such a huge selection you're covered. Home Threads is offering our listeners a great deal. Head over to homethreads.com slash clink and get 15% off your order. Homethreads.com slash clink. 15% off your order at Home Threads. Love where you live. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This was not the neighborhood that had drive-bys. It was a really nice neighborhood in a nice part of Bakersfield. This is not, you know, it's not, not the hood. Mm-hmm. Police showed up at the scene and besides a silver sedan, that's what people said they saw. No one had any information about any of it. No one was talking. And I can imagine that this crowd takes the approach of snitches get stitches word or more like a dirt nap. Okay. Mm -hmm. So unless people wanted to talk, James, James's unfortunate death was really a mystery, but James's mystery came another mystery that actually happened before James's murder. One of James's friends was reported missing, not even two weeks before James's death. His name was Micah Hosenbake. Micah was a 34-year-old military veteran. Micah seemed to also have it together in his early adulthood. 
He joined the military, served until he had this tumor in his throat that wouldn't go away. And he kept having to have multiple surgeries to get it out. And he had to leave the military. But when he had these surgeries, what comes with surgery, Gretchy? Prescriptions. Prescription pain pills. That's right. Mm -hmm. These pain pills, I mean, are the death of some people. Not you, Gretchy. But some people can't handle them. Micah had to <laughs> not insinuating anything. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, so after Micah left the military, he got a job at a bank and then worked his way all the way to becoming a financial advisor at Merrill Lynch, which was a real, I mean, seems like a real good job, dude. It but does. The stress, it does, right? But the drug addiction crept its ugly head in every aspect of Micah's life. And like James, he would eventually lose his job and resort to nefarious activity for money and drugs. Micah actually began building guns for a guy named Matt Queen. I think he built these guns for like probably just drugs, maybe some money, but mostly drugs. Matt and Micah would then sell these guns illegally. I mean, not a real good life choice if I was to say so myself. You should get into projection mapping or something else. <laughs> Better hobby. <laughs> Building guns. Totally. That seems complicated. How lucrative can it, that be? It, it's Stupid. probably very lucrative and it's probably very illegal and will land your ass well, in jail. Obby. Yeah. I so I, I mean, projection mapping, maybe you can like hawk that off in the wintertime or something to people. It is a better use of your time though. I would agree. Okay. So Micah in the weeks before his disappearance, he actually started acting real shifty. His parents would say that he was paranoid and asking for rides all the time to bad places in town and saying that people were after him, but they chalked it up to Michael being on drugs, which happens, right? Like people on drugs get paranoid a lot. Yeah. But maybe Michael's paranoia was actually legit paranoia. Like he should have been because when Michael didn't show up on Easter or even call his mom, she knew something wasn't right. So she reported him missing. Micah being in his uh, mid thirties, male white guy, he is not the first person on police's radar to go look after. They're just like, yeah, he probably skipped town. You know, like you say he was paranoid. He probably had somebody after him. He's taking a little break. They probably took one look at him. They're like, he looks tough. Missing guy in his 30s. We're talking about Bakersfield. Probably happens every day. Yeah. They're like, he yeah. probably went to Vegas. So, He'll be back. Totally. He's on a run. It is. Isn't it on the way to Vegas? Or no, that's Barstow. Barstow oh, yeah. is on the way to Vegas. Well, it probably is on the way to Vegas. However, Another like, if you're leaving. destination. In the middle. It's like, you know, Not it's like where missed. you get gas. <laughs> it's where you get gas. Okay. That's a strawberry milkshake at the Mad Greek. It's a good time. Totally. Yeah. Okay, so a month after Micah went missing, another girl that ran in their circle also went missing named Bailey Despot. Micah's family would connect these dots when seeing a missing person flyer for Bailey, and they were asking around for Micah. Micah was actually good friends with Bailey. Bailey Despot was a 20-year-old, absolutely gorgeous girl who was also hanging out with the wrong crowd. We 
like I said earlier, saw this a lot in Ventura. These like mm-hmm. real cute young girls with these like old trouble, wrong crowd trouble, old Mister yes. Troubles. Yes, jeez. Mm-hmm. So Bailey gravitated towards this tough guy and this like tough guy mentality, and she took on this tough girl mentality too. She sleeved her arms up with tattoos. And took on the attitude of like, no one's going to fuck with me. But we all know with that attitude, there's something like deeper and softer that people are trying to cover up. You know, Bailey really went off the rails in her later teen years. But up until then, she was an animal loving 4-H club country girl. After high school, 4-H rocks. I know. Like, couldn't you kept that road going, girl? After high school, she went to Vegas to marry her abusive boyfriend, which didn't last too long. Thankfully, Mm -hmm. she started hanging out with the wrong crowd and doing drugs. Bailey would oftentimes get in cars with random people. She would stay out for days when her family would try to stop her from getting into these cars. She would say she had to do it. No one said what she was doing. They weren't really sure what she was doing, but we can imagine it was nothing good. Bailey got an even tougher attitude when one of these guys that picked her up brought her back after a couple days and she had told her mom that she was drugged and gang raped. According to her mother, she really changed after that, like, which I can imagine anybody would. Yeah. At the time of Bailey's disappearance, she was living with a guy that was more than twice her age. He was also still living with his ex-wife and their kid. So, well, that's complicated. Real bizarre, real bizarre situation. I mean, if I was the ex-wife and my 43-year-old husband was bringing home a 20-year-old chick, no, uh, no, with me and not, my no, four-year-old no. kid, not happening in a, not Mm-mm. in a million years. Mm-mm. So Bailey's 43-year-old boyfriend was this gun slinging, drug selling, real stand-up piece of shit named Matt Queen. That's the same okay. Matt that Micah was building guns for. Okay. Okay. Matt would claim he saw Bailey for the last time on April 25th after she said that she just had to leave and get away from it all. And Bailey's mom, Jane, also had her mama instincts and said, I don't think so. Something's not right with this situation. Bailey was too close to her mom to just get up and leave and never, ever return, never return a phone call, never call anybody ever again. Um. So now you have these three cases all kind of tied to this drug and gun ring circuit of Bakersfield. Two of these cases were the disappearance ones had ties to Matt Queen. So let's talk about Matt for a minute. Matt, he's a 43-year-old guy that made his money selling drugs and making and selling illegal guns, like big, scary ones, scratchy, like assault rifles. I can imagine all these guns were used for nothing good. I just, I can't imagine it. It's like, what are you doing with those? I don't know. I mean, I, I know what just, he was doing I think with they're them. just attached to like having them or something. It just is like crazy to me. How do you it's run an just, apartment when you, when that is your profession? 
how do you, I mean, does no one check references? Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't about get that. how you like roll through life without like, what's your cover? Well, he must've had his, his ex-wife. That's why he was living with his ex-wife still probably. She must've yeah, had so a cleaner record probably than not him. that lucrative. You're just lazy. You don't want to get a job well, job. Listen, I, hundred percent. He don't want to get a job job. This guy, I mean, he was one of those guys, me and you know, these guys. Okay. He's like, don't fuck with me. Don't mess with me. He would text people shit like that. He wanted to come off. Like he was the hardest, baddest ass guy out there. It was reported that he was abusive and controlling with Bailey. He did not want her to have any social media. What? And she did have social media. So he kind of managed it. You know what I'm saying? He had all the passwords mm-hmm. and went on and made sure she, he knew what she was doing. He did not want her to have Snapchat, which, you know, even like the police officer was like, dude, she's 20 years old. 20 year olds have Snapchat. Not yeah. saying it's the best thing, but you know, it's whatever. He would send text messages to people like, did you forget who I am? Did you? forget who you're fucking dealing with here. He also has been known to take people out to the orchards, point guns at them and threaten to kill them. He took a man down to the river at one point at gunpoint and threatened to blow his head off. He also held some guy up in a parking lot in a hotel parking lot with his best friend, Matt Banda Castile, which we'll get to in a minute. So I, you know, he's scary. This guy is not someone I yeah. would ever you know want to be associated thing with. Is, yeah. Irony of these types is without their fucking all their friends behind them and their illegal firearms, they're not fucking shit. Right? Like they're yes. not real tough. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I God, think if that I could redo comes... the the young years or if it gets through to <laughs> one young lady, listen, tough is not long-term sexy, funny, smart, handy, real, real long-term sexy. Okay. You know, it's interesting because I think that tough guy persona is also the same as like the tough girl persona. There's something real weak under that. Totally. That you're trying to hide, Uh huh. you know, Uh but it doesn't matter. This guy still, uh, he was a really bad yeah, guy. Yeah. He also was already in 2018, a convicted felon. So having any type of gun legal or illegal, he couldn't do. Right. Uh, I did pull Matt's rap sheet and it goes back real far from like burglary when he was in his early twenties, living in Washington state to DUIs, drugs, felony charges. I mean, the dude had like 30 plus things on his rap sheet. So he was a career felon as they would call them. Mm-hmm. Matt and Bailey actually also got pulled over in December, 2017, just a few months before she went missing and the cops found guns in the car and Bailey actually took the blame for them and said they were hundred percent hers, which we know that is a lie and save her boyfriend's ass, which I find is really disturbing because she's 20 years old. Your boyfriend's 43. Like this is not a dude acting like a man by any stretch of the imagination, but she's so young. She just doesn't even know yet. You know, it's confusing when you're young. I know. 
Okay. So Jane, Bailey's mom, she knows that something isn't right. She suspects Matt, of course, in her mama heart. She knew Matt knew something, but Matt was not going to talk. All Matt did was harass Jane on Facebook, send her nasty text messages and taunt her. He really tried to make Jane out like a crazy person saying that she was obsessed with Bailey and she needed to get over her. It was real bizarre, right? Like these things were like, she's a mother looking for her child. He's supposed to be a boyfriend and you would think he would be also like, where is my girlfriend? You know? Right. But he wasn't. He even went and took all of her stuff and dropped it off at a friend's house. And when he dropped all of Bailey's belongings at this friend's house on their ring camera, they could see when he bent over that he was strapped with a gun, just dropping her stuff off, which by the way, would land his ass back in jail. Because like I said, he's not supposed to have a gun. I'll bet when he bent over, he saw his crack too. Those types never pull up their pants. Totally. Okay. They pull up their socks, but not their pants. Word. <laughs> Matt also logged into Bailey's Facebook account, which I said that he had the passwords, you know, after she went missing, he ripped down missing persons flyers and made some really odd choices that a concerned boyfriend would not make. He also called fake tips in uh, to get police off his back. Jane, Bailey's mom wasn't the only one that thought Matt could possibly be involved in Bailey's disappearance. Obviously police thought so too, but there just wasn't a lot to go on, you know, like there's no body and no cell phone. So, and they don't have like enough to get any information, but also I can imagine that this scene that they're running in doesn't put top priority for investigators to look into. I just, I, I could be, yeah, I know what you mean. I I mean, because I've seen that where it's like, they're like, well, they can just kind of like, they are judged by authorities, right. As like, they've chosen this lifestyle. So they did it to themselves. Yes. So we're not going to, and they're probably, Yeah. And they're probably thinking like, yeah, they like they ran off to Vegas or they're somewhere, you know, like, yeah, like they're they're, I don't think anybody was thinking they're really dead, but I know the moms were thinking like something is not right. This is not, it is out of character for Bailey to just up and leave, even though she's on drugs and living with a crazy person. But like I said, no body, they don't really do anything. They don't have a lot of evidence. So they kind of just sit and wait and see if something more is to come. And that did happen in July of 2018, a group of kids were playing in the river, the Kern river, and they found a heavy duffel bag that was kind of drifting by one of the kids pulled it up to shore and they were like, maybe there's money or gold or treasure. But when they opened it up, they found a human hand and arm. Stop it. Yeah. Could you imagine if that was your kids? Dude, my worst camping trip ever was at the Kern River, by the way. And now you just made it. So I double am never going back. 
Yeah, there's a lot. So uh, when looking into this case, there's a lot of bodies in the Kern River. A lot. It's like a very, very, very dangerous river. Um, it is a dangerous river. Yeah. Makes me a nervous yeah. wreck. Yeah, it is really dangerous because they say it looks kind of like mellow on the surface, but underneath the water level, it's like crazy. So it takes people out all the time and they can't get up and they die. Or they get murdered and thrown into the river like this, this case. So this hand, it looked to be an adult male. It was clearly cut off with a saw from the body. It had zip ties around its wrists. There was no way to tell if the cuts were before or after death. But either way, it was bad. Someone intentionally cut someone's arm off and wanted it hidden. It took months to confirm the identity of this arm as DNA testing in Kern County was pretty ancient and they had a backlog DNA that they needed to test. So they were like, it's going to take more than a year to find out who the freak's arm this is, which is crazy to me. And we'll talk about this later, but these three moms eventually got better DNA testing for this County. But when the DNA test finally did come back, it was Micah. It was Micah's arm. Mm -hmm. So Micah Hosenbake was murdered. And that is a devastating moment of realization for his family, right? Because I think when people go missing, you feel like there's, there's hope. There's hope that they're going to find them alive, but, um, and you fear the worst, right? You fear the worst, but you hope for the best. And this was by far the worst case scenario for the host and bake family. The three mothers of these three individuals all pulled together. They saw that there were correlations faster than the investigators did. But once the arm was confirmed to be Micah's and it was a murder, the state brought in only one investigator to actually pull all the, these three cases together. And it was clear to investigators that Matt Queen was a possible suspect in Bailey's disappearance. So he was looked at pretty closely. They noticed that Matt had started dating a new girl. This new girl ran in the same circle, of course. And this particular girl, her name is Sarah, was previously living and dating Matt Queen's BFF, Matt Vanda Castile, the one that I told you about that Matt um, Queen and him held up somebody in a parking lot of a hotel. Also a real stand-up guy. So mm-hmm. Matt Vanda Castile, which I'll just call him Matt B, his girlfriend jumped ship after he went to jail for that, holding the person up at the hotel. And she was like, you're going to be in prison for a long time. Your friend, Matt queen hitting on me. So she jumps ship. This investigator kind of noticed that and gets a hunch that maybe just maybe Matt B had some jailhouse conversations with Sarah on the phone. And so he listened into hundreds of hours of conversations of Matt B and Sarah to hope to find a missing link. I know. So Matt V at one point in their conversation with Sarah, which you can hear on this long podcast, the Olivia LaVoice's podcast was Matt finding out that Sarah had been hanging out with Matt queen. 
he was pissed, like real pissed. Sarah was like really mild mannered on the phone and kept saying like, calm down, Matt. It's not like that. And Matt B would be like, I'm going to fucking kill him. You tell Matt Queen, I'm going to kill him when I get out of jail. You know, he then started saying, I should just tell it all. I should just tell it all saying like, I'm sitting behind bars because of other people and because I won't snitch, but I should just confess everything. And then at one point in the conversation, he refers to Micah and tells Sarah, if she isn't careful, she's going to end up in the same place as Micah and Bailey. So at this point, investigators know that Matt B knows something, maybe everything that happened to both Bailey and Micah. By the time they reviewed the, these tapes, Matt B had been in jail for months and Sarah and Matt Queen were fully a couple. They were so much a couple. They were actually having a baby couple. You know, a lot of, uh, I mean, I guess it happens in every like kind of social group, like, but a lot of cross pollination I find I in, in the, in those particular <laughs> circles Yeah, in my yeah. experience. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I didn't mention this earlier, but supposedly Bailey was also pregnant shortly before she disappeared with Matt Queen's baby. I'm not going to go into the weeds here, but if you want to get in the nitty gritty, you can go listen to Bakersfield three podcasts. They'll talk all about it. Um, but from the looks of it, Matt queen likes to knock up 20 year old girls. I think it's a good way to control them. Ooh. Yeah. Right. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. They're babies. 20 year olds. Oh yeah. Yeah, you should see no. how this girl looked at the time. She looked like she that was so diabolical. 14. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Matt B, they, the investigators, they pulled him in to talk about what he knew because they knew he knew something. Uh, they played him these recording recordings and they were like, you know, let us know what you know. And with a little elbow grease, some cat and mouse games, and ultimately a betrayal video that they showed Matt B a gender reveal party that Matt Queen and Sarah had for their baby got Matt B talking. According to Matt B, the night of March 23rd, Matt McQueen called him to ask if he could use his detached garage. Matt Queen said, don't ask me any questions. I just need to come over and I need to use your garage. And Matt B knew at the time that Matt Queen was going to Question Micah about a stolen gun that he thought Micah took from him. He thought that Matt was going to take Micah and scare him into confessing. Sounds like some gangster shit to me. Yeah. You know, like torture somebody to make them confess. It's fucking scary. Yeah. Matt B said, yes, he could use his garage, but never saw Micah. He claims he saw Bailey a couple times that night. And she came into the house at one point to get some scissors and then possibly a paring knife. And then finally, the last time he saw her, he came, she came inside to change her clothes. He said that she looked white as a ghost, but did not say anything about what they were doing. When investigators question more about what he knew and what happened, he was like, well, the only other thing is there was a grease spot in my garage that wasn't there the night before. Investigators went to 
his garage to test this so-called grease spot. And sure enough, it was Micah's blood. So they questioned Matt B more like, are you telling me that Bailey and Matt Queen both killed Micah and dismembered him in your garage? And he was like, yeah, I think so. I mean, I know this guy is a stupid douche, but I'm, I would give him the benefit of the doubt that he could tell the difference between grease and blood. I, I, totally. I would think he would be that smart, right? Yeah, I, I'm sure he knew a little bit more than what he was saying. Mm-hmm. I, I have a, I have a sneaking suspicion that he is telling partial truth. Mm-hmm. He said he thinks that Micah and Bailey both dismembered, or sorry, that Matt and Bailey both dismembered Micah in his garage and that they worked together doing it. He also said the next day, Matt Queen came by, asked him to help, asked him for some help to get rid of something. Uh, to which he said no, and Matt Queen went on his way. From that point, he said he really only saw Bailey one time when him, Sarah, Bailey, and Matt Queen went antiquing. And he said Bailey at the, like just kind of stayed away from you know March 23rd to April 25th when she was last seen. He claims to not know where Bailey is, but from that phone call, it sounds like he thinks she's at the bottom of the river. Yeah, I mean, is antiquing the new word for swap meeting or like what gives? Because usually when in between like illegal gum making and like whatever, I don't picture you like antiquing. I feel like people that go (laughs) antiquing like stop for a tartine or chai latte, something else. Yeah. Antiquing with a side of heroin. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. So this news, by the way, is totally fucking bananas. Okay. Like it's bananas to investigators. I mean, this whole, this whole thing puts a whole new twist on this crazy case because now you have Bailey who is missing is now a murderer, you know, dude. No, I can't imagine some 20 year old girl having the stomach to be there to help dismember something. I know. I just can't. I just can't. I know. But why would he say she was there if she wasn't? I know. Well, I mean, yeah. Why I, wouldn't I guess he she just could. And that. then maybe if you like had to see that, then you run the fuck away because you're like, oh, scared for life, traumatized. For your life. Okay. So listen, yeah. I, I do have some theories on this that you're that. Yes. this. I mean, this is a 43 year old dude that is controlling over you. And I think that you can get into some trouble. Like you can do things that you would never think you would do because you're now scared for your life or what will happen to you. You know, I mean, especially after you see somebody kill somebody, I think you fucking go, holy shit. They're, they're willing to do that to somebody. They're willing to do that to me, you know? Right. This case it gets, you know, investigated a lot, um, before anybody knows anything like they don't, they don't tell the parents or anything until they have all the evidence that they need to charge somebody for, you know, the murder of, of Micah. And by 2021, 
they had enough to charge both Matt Queen and Bailey Despot for the murder, dismemberment, dismemberment and torture of Micah Hosenbeck. Okay. So it's kind of odd because Bailey's missing, right? So, right. But she was, she's not considered dead. So that's how they were able to charge her too. This news came as like utter shock to Bailey's mom. I bet. All three moms were in shock when this news was presented. You can imagine like your daughter that's missing is now being charged with murder. This poor mother, Jane, has to be just beside herself. The three moms by this point had been and become incredibly close, like best friends. They had already started a nonprofit. They hosted charity events. They purchased all this equipment for the police department. I mean, they were on a hunt for their children and answers. So you have to think like, holy shit. Now my, one of the daughters is being charged in another of their friends, their best friends, kids murder that it would tear them apart. But luckily enough, I think it's tough. They talk about it in this other podcast that it was tough. Um, It's kind of like, you don't know what to say. Right. And especially Jane being Bailey's mom, she just didn't know what to say to Micah's mom. Um, So it did put a little like wrench in the situation, but Micah's mom actually had thought about that scenario before. Micah was sent a text by Matt Queen of Bailey with a fake gunshot wound to the head and slumped over like she was dead and said something like, can you come help me? According to Matt Queen, Micah showed up and it was just a joke, but a fucking weird joke. Like mm-hmm. who does that? They don't that seem very super... jokey. <laughs> right. Uh, it's really super weird. So the thought of Bailey having something to do with this was always kind of in the back of Micah's mom's head, but Bailey's mom was like, that's unthinkable. And she still thinks it's unthinkable. Like you said, like she, she can't fathom her daughter and most of her friends and even her sister, like they can't fathom her doing something like this. I think we've done enough cases, Gretchy, where we're like, people do shit that you would never, ever, ever expect them to do. Like ever, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I do think that, I mean, if, you know, this is how it happened, then I don't think it happened. It doesn't happen overnight. It happens because... These older controlling douchebags, they eat at your soul just a little bit at a time time. and they just push it just a little bit because when she first met him, she probably wouldn't have done something like that if she did, you know, but over time you just get more and more and more conditioned to, um, yes, deal with it. Yeah. Sucks. So while Bailey has never been found, the thought of her being charged with murder was strange also because she can't defend herself and the court just had to go with the prosecution theory at this point. Before Matt's trial, another bag was recovered from the river. Another reason not to go there, Gretchy. This time it had Micah's skull in it. Ah. It was there. 
Yeah. It was there for years. So it had been badly decomposed, but they could tell that he was killed by like blunt force trauma to the head, which Mm -hmm. they suspect was a gunshot wound, but there was no bullet recovered. So they don't know. Yeah. What happened. But I mean, and just being that family, like you get kind of pieces of your son here and there. It's gotta be so hard. Yeah. Matt Queen's trial was just last year in 2022. And of course, Matt V. Vanda Castile got up on the stand to testify for the prosecution because he took a plea deal, which is smart on his part. He said basically exactly what I told you. Others testified for and against Matt Queen. But the shock of it all came when Matt Queen himself decided to testify. He got up on the stand and he was like, I'm going to tell you the true story. So Matt Queen's story of the night is that Micah came over to hang out with him and Bailey. And they were joking around with Micah about this girl that Micah had sex with at one point. Micah supposedly does not like, he has this really like, deep desire for women's rights, I guess, and doesn't like the thought of unconsensual, unconsensual sex with women, which I appreciate. Like any dude that doesn't like that, I'm down for it. But this one girl supposedly at one point said that Micah had unconsensual sex with her. And so Bailey and Matt Queen were kind of joking around with him. Well, Micah got real pissed and pulled a gun out on Bailey and was being really erratic. And then that was when Matt Queen started having an altercation with Micah and trying to get the gun away from him. And Bailey dropped a 40 pound weight onto Micah's head, killing him instantly. Ooh! So from there, Matt freaked out and called Matt V to use his garage to dismember him because it was Bailey's idea to cut him up and throw him in the ocean. Okay. That makes sense. He says she killed that him, Bailey, so she panicked. I mean, maybe this is what happened. I don't know. Okay. He okay. Okay. Bailey okay, did okay. most of it. I mean, you got to take like, yeah. Okay. Great. This guy's thought. a yeah. liar, liar, pants Criminal on fire. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. He says that Bailey did most of it, which I can also imagine is not true. Like, he says mm-hmm. Bailey cut off the guy's head. I don't, I, I, I don't believe it. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. know. I've never been in this situation. Never hoped to be in this situation. I don't know what the fuck I would do in this situation. I think I would, I would want to call the police. <laughs> I mean, I would be like, that's Holy what shit, you should do. That's what you would do. And yeah. this is like, this was not supposed to happen. This gun came out. I panicked. I threw a weight at him it accidentally killed him. You know, that's what should have happened. Yeah. Police and a lawyer. That's what you do. Yes. So Matt says that they chopped him up and then they took him to uh, the desert and discarded his body in the desert, but they realized that they were missing an arm. So they, and I don't know why the head, I, I, I know he said there was missing an arm, but maybe they decided to put the head in the water. I don't know, but they went back and threw 
the head and the arm in the water with rocks in bags so that nobody would find it. He did cry on the stand when he was explaining his actions. His attorney was good. I mean, I, I can't believe he got on stand. I can imagine that this story was talked about a lot to make his actions less than Bailey's right. Bailey can't take the stand. Bailey can't defend herself in this. And this now puts Matt queen as not the murderer. So I don't know. I don't, I don't fully believe this story. He was cross-examined by the prosecution. And I personally think the prosecutor was just not prepared to have this guy on the stand. He talked at Matt queen, not like to him. And he didn't really ask questions. He just told Matt, like, this is the type of person you are, isn't it? This is who you are. This is why you did this. Instead of like asking him questions and getting him caught up in his own lie, which is really what makes people uncredible. Not somebody just yelling at you how you're a piece of shit, which he Mm -hmm. is, but he's like standing there, like defending himself. Like, I just told you what I did. Like, this is what happened. I'm telling you the truth. But they never questioned him. Like they never asked questions that would really give some answers, you know? So I think it yeah, kind of did because the when you to... start questioning them, they can't repeat the same story. That's right. You know? That's right. But that is not what the prosecutor did. So I just don't think he was fully prepared. Like he didn't take enough notes Shit. to ever get, know that Matt Quinn's going to say, yes, I'm going to testify. Like they caught him. They caught the prosecution like, I think in like, they needed the shit. Nancy Grace now of what? Kern County. Totally. That's they needed. Oh my God. So much. So Nancy would question so, shit out of you. They did let Matt queen. They said, okay, if you're not lying, take us to the, the desert, show us where you dropped this body and the weight. And Matt took them to the desert and there was no weight there. There was a fragment of a bone that they couldn't make out if it was human or not, but there was not like a full body in the desert. So they came back and he's like, you're a liar. You know, that nobody was out there. The weight wasn't out there. Nothing was in the desert. But like I said, I think he did a disservice to this case, this prosecutor. And at the end of the day, the jury found that queen not guilty of first degree murder. Shit balls. But they did find him guilty of second degree murder and kidnapping and torture. So Matt was sentenced to 30 years to life in prison plus 56 years. He does have a parole date of 2044. I think that's the earliest that he can get out. And he did not look so good um, at the end of his trial. So I don't believe that he's going to live that long. So hopefully he's in jail for the rest of his life. One thing that did come out, Gretchy, at the end, um, like after the trial was that that bone fragment was actually Micah's that they found in the desert. So Matt was telling at least partial truth, you know? Yeah. As for Bailey, she has never been seen or heard from. Matt is adamant that he has had nothing to do with her. He's, he actually does talk on this podcast, um, at the very end, the last episode, He says he has nothing to do with her disappearance, um, but I would say his behaviors say otherwise, all that crazy shit that he did. I think his credibility is like, in my book, is like zero to negative 
theories are that Bailey couldn't keep a secret and probably was losing her shit after Micah died, which I can imagine I would lose my shit too. And that Matt had to take care of her, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, what is interesting is these types, when it happens, when you're, you're clearly going to spend the rest of your life in prison, right? Yeah. Why yeah. not just come clean about I all of know. it? I know. I guess if you had a moral compass, you wouldn't have landed yourself in the prison in the first place. But I mean, it really is like, ugh, just, yeah, finish yeah. the story. He knows. I know. Because he's, he's already trying to like have another trial and all kinds of stuff. Like, oh, you're delusional, so feels, dude. Yeah. And you're not getting out on parole either because he got a long ass record. He has keep you such a record. Yeah. So Bailey's phone, she did text her friend at one point and said, I'm messed up and I'm going to leave and I'm going to disappear. But they think that was probably just Matt Queen texting, you know, after mm-hmm. her friend said it didn't really sound like Bailey. Her Facebook did ping a couple times, but it was from a Samsung phone that matches Matt's phone. There was a weird Polaroid picture of Matt and her, of Matt and Bailey left on Jane's car really early on that said, I love you, mom. But again, I think that was Matt leaving that there to divert attention. As for James, police now believe that the cases were not related. Um, I mean, you never know. The theory there is that the chiropractor ordered a hit on James. Um, there's some more on that story in this podcast, but the chiropractor is a bad guy. And he did, according to James's brother, tell Ryan, James's brother, to not have James come over because I guess this chiropractor owed James money for something and James was coming to collect. And he was like, I'm going to get my boys after your brother if he comes for me. So I don't know why nothing has been done. I can imagine lots of people know something, even even Ryan or even Ryan, James's brother, I think knows more than he's saying, but you know, these people are scary and people are scared to to talk. Mm -hmm. And so that's why his case is still, you know, unsolved. The Bakersfield three moms have done a ton of good for their community. They, um, funded this, um, service called secret witness, which is a line that can be contacted. Um, and you get rewards for tips on these murder cases. The number is 661-322-4040. If you have any information on Bailey or James, you reach out. It's like nobody knows and you can get some reward money and nobody would know it was you that called. So if you're listening and you know what happened and you need some money for drugs, call this number. The three moms are really still on a mission for good. So I just want to tell you also about Sarah, Matt Queen's baby mama. Okay. She had the baby. She is now 26 years old. She lives in Bakersfield. She is absolutely gorgeous. Like Mm. I was like, why are you using your good looks on this fucking losers? Like Mm -hmm. she is so cute. And she is dating like 43 year old, disgusting Matt queen. No, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. but she has tattooed herself 
Uh, she's got a big tattoo across her stomach. I couldn't see the name of it, but it's like somebody's name. I'm really hoping it's her kid's name and not. You're kind of tattoo shaming in this, and let's make it clear. I love tattoos. It is not a a big deal. Yeah, you have a tattoo. I'm just saying that. Listen, I think she's everybody has tattoos tattoos now. Yeah, I don't care about tattoos. Tattoos are great. I want to get more tattoos, but I'm just saying she tattooed herself like after this baby. Okay. I'm not tattooing. I mean, I think you maybe keep them off your face. That's not, that's, that's (laughs) although Jelly Roll has them on his his face and he has some good music. Okay. Oh, well, I do think it sounded like I was tattoo shaming. Listen, unless you have a lot of musical talent, I recommend keeping the (laughs) tattoos off your face. But, you know, lots of people, I I have a good friend here who's got her whole damn leg, whole damn leg. I know she's hot too. Listen, it's it's so fucking hot. Except when we go to the beach, she has to like put a towel over it because it's like the sun burns it or something. Yeah. This girl is hot with or without tattoos. I don't know. The stomach tattoo. I'm like, if you ever have another baby girl, like, I just don't want to bring attention to my stomach after having three children, if you know what I mean. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. She has a very small rap sheet. Like she was um, arrested for a controlled substance before uh, meeting Matt when she was real young. And then there's the ex, Vanda Castile. He was sentenced to four years in prison. Um, he was up for parole in February of this year, 2023, but it was denied because his rap sheet, Gretchy, is longer than Queens from like robbery, guns, drugs, real scary stuff. I hope he's getting some help um, and rehabilitation in prison because he will get out. He is still going to be on the streets of our society. So my advice to him is to move out of Bakersfield, start your life over and uh, get a moral compass. Also, I think that the whole ultimate overall moral of this story is, do you know what it is today? Don't cheat. That's usually what no. it is. It's usually okay. that. But I was wondering, time, I was like, did I miss something? What is it? <laughs> this time it's say no to drugs, people. Oh, say no to drugs. Well, that's <laughs> a good one. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I recommend. All right. So that's a WAP of today. Sorry, it's a little long. Um, but it's three cases in one, so I knew it was going to be more than uh, an hour, but just a bit, just a tad bit. Thank you all for listening. Please, please, please um, give us a Christmas present by rating and reviewing our podcast if you have not done so yet. And tell your friends about us, please. Just text them right now being like, hey, I just listened to this really good podcast. I think you'll like it. And send them our link and they will thank you forever. And I think that's yeah. all. Okay. All right. Clink, clink. Clink, clink. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 